Section forty eight of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book eight, chapter three. Gold mines. This was the visit of Mitya of which Grushenka had spoken to Rakitin with such horror she was just then expecting the message and was much relieved that mitya had not been to see her that day or the day before she hoped that please god he won't come till i'm gone away and he suddenly burst in on her the rest we know already to get him off her hands she suggested at once that he should walk with her to samsonov's where she said she absolutely must go to settle his accounts and when mitya accompanied her at once she said good-bye to him at the gate making him promise to come at twelve o'clock to take her home again mitya too was delighted at this arrangement if she was sitting at samsonov's she could not be going to fyodor pavlovitch's if only she's not lying he added at once but he thought she was not lying from what he saw he was that sort of jealous man who in the absence of the beloved woman at once invents all sorts of awful fancies of what may be happening to her and how she may be betraying him but when shaken heartbroken convinced of her faithlessness he runs back to her at the first glance at her face her gay laughing affectionate face he revives at once lays aside all suspicion and with joyful shame abuses himself for his jealousy after leaving grushenka at the gate he rushed home oh he had so much still to do that day but a load had been lifted from his heart anyway now i must only make haste and find out from smerdyakov whether anything happened there last night whether by any chance she went to fyodor pavlovitch Ugh, floated through his mind before he had time to reach his lodging jealousy had surged up again in his restless heart jealousy a fellow was not jealous he was trustful observed pushkin and that remark alone is enough to show the deep insight of our great poet a fellow's soul was shattered and his whole outlook clouded simply because his ideal was destroyed but a fellow did not begin hiding spying peeping he was trustful on the contrary he had to be led up pushed on excited with great difficulty before he could entertain the idea of deceit the truly jealous man is not like that it is impossible to picture to oneself the shame and moral degradation to which the jealous man can descend without a qualm of conscience and yet it's not as though the jealous were all vulgar and base souls on the contrary a man of lofty feelings whose love is pure and full of self-sacrifice may yet hide under tables bribe the vilest people and be familiar with the lowest ignominy of spying and eavesdropping othello was incapable of making up his mind to faithlessness not incapable of forgiving it but of making up his mind to it though his soul was as innocent and free from malice as a babe's it is not so with the really jealous man it is hard to imagine what some jealous men can make up their mind to and overlook and what they can forgive the jealous are the readiest of all to forgive and all women know it 
the jealous man can forgive extraordinarily quickly though of course after a violent scene and he is able to forgive infidelity almost conclusively proved the very kisses and embraces he has seen if only he can somehow be convinced that it has all been for the last time and that his rival will vanish from that day forward will depart to the ends of the earth or that he himself will carry her away somewhere where that dreaded rival will not get near her of course the reconciliation is only for an hour for even if the rival did disappear next day he would invent another one and would be jealous of him and one might wonder what there was in a love that had to be so watched over what a love could be worth that needed such strenuous guarding but that the jealous will never understand and yet among them are men of noble hearts it is remarkable too that those very men of noble hearts standing hidden in some cupboard listening and spying never feel the stings of conscience at that moment anyway though they understand clearly enough with their noble hearts the shameful depths to which they have voluntarily sunk at the sight of grushenka mitch's jealousy vanished and for an instant he became trustful and generous and positively despised himself for his evil feelings but it only proved that in his love for the woman there was an element of something far higher than he himself imagined that it was not only a sensual passion not only the curve of her body of which he had talked to alyosha but as soon as grushenka had gone mitya began to suspect her of all the low cunning of faithlessness and he felt no sting of conscience at it and so jealousy surged up in him again he had in any case to make haste the first thing to be done was to get hold of at least a small temporary loan of money the nine roubles had almost all gone on his expedition and as we all know one can't take a step without money but he had thought over in the cart where he could get a loan he had a brace of fine dueling pistols in a case which he had not pawned till then because he prized them above all his possessions in the metropolis tavern he had some time since made acquaintance with a young official and had learnt that this very opulent bachelor was passionately fond of weapons he used to buy pistols revolvers daggers hang them on his wall and show them to acquaintances he prided himself on them and was quite a specialist on the mechanism of the revolver mitya without stopping to think went straight to him and offered to pawn his pistols to him for ten roubles the official delighted began trying to persuade him to sell them outright but mitya would not consent so the young man gave him ten roubles protesting that nothing would induce him to take interest they parted friends mitya was in haste he rushed towards fyodor pavlovitch's by the back way to his arbor to get hold of smerdyakov as soon as possible in this way the fact was established that three or four hours before a certain event of which i shall speak later on mitya had not a farthing and pawned for ten roubles a possession he valued though three hours later 
he was in possession of thousands but i am anticipating from maria kondrachevna the woman living near fyodor pavlovitch's he learned the very disturbing fact of smerdyakov's illness he heard the story of his fall in the cellar his fit the doctor's visit fyodor pavlovitch's anxiety he heard with interest too that his brother ivan had set off that morning for moscow then he must have driven through volovia before me thought dmitri but he was terribly distressed about smerdyakov what will happen now who'll keep watch for me who'll bring me word he thought he began greedily questioning the women whether they had seen anything the evening before they quite understood what he was trying to find out and completely reassured him no one had been there ivan fyodorovitch had been there the night everything had been perfectly as usual mitya grew thoughtful he would certainly have to keep watch to-day but where here or at samsonov's gate he decided that he must be on the lookout both here and there and meanwhile meanwhile the difficulty was that he had to carry out the new plan that he had made on the journey back he was sure of its success but he must not delay acting upon it mitya resolved to sacrifice an hour to it in an hour i shall know everything i shall settle everything and then then first of all to samsonov's i'll inquire whether grushenka's there and instantly be back here again stay till eleven and then to samsonov's again to bring her home this was what he decided he flew home washed combed his hair brushed his clothes dressed and went to madame holikoff's alas he had built his hopes on her he had resolved to borrow three thousand from that lady and what was more he felt suddenly convinced that she would not refuse to lend it to him it may be wondered why if he felt so certain he had not gone to her at first one of his own sort so to speak instead of to samsonov a man he did not know who was not of his own class and to whom he hardly knew how to speak but the fact was that he had never known madame holikoff well and had seen nothing of her for the last month and that he knew she could not endure him she had detested him from the first because he was engaged to katerina ivanovna while she had for some reason suddenly conceived the desire that katerina ivanovna should throw him over and marry the charming chivalrously refined ivan who had such excellent manners mitya's manners she detested mitya positively laughed at her and had once said about her that she was just as lively and at her ease as she was uncultivated but that morning in the cart a brilliant idea had struck him if she is so anxious i should not marry katerina ivanovna and he knew she was positively hysterical upon the subject why should she refuse me now that three thousand just to enable me to leave katya and get away from her for ever these spoilt fine ladies if they set their hearts on anything will spare no expense to satisfy their caprice besides she's so rich mitya argued 
as for his plan it was just the same as before it consisted of the offer of his rights to Chermashnya, but not with a commercial object as it had been with samsonov not trying to allure the lady with the possibility of making a profit of six or seven thousand but simply as a security for the debt as he worked out this new idea mitchell was enchanted with it but so it always was with him in all his undertakings in all his sudden decisions he gave himself up to every new idea with passionate enthusiasm yet when he mounted the steps of madame holakoff's house he felt a shiver of fear run down his spine at that moment he saw fully as a mathematical certainty that this was his last hope that if this broke down nothing else was left him in the world but to rob and murder some one for the three thousand it was half-past seven when he rang at the bell at first fortune seemed to smile upon him as soon as he was announced he was received with extraordinary rapidity as though she were waiting for me thought mitya and as soon as he had been led to the drawing-room the lady of the house herself ran in and declared at once that she was expecting him i was expecting you i was expecting you though i'd no reason to suppose you would come to see me as you will admit yourself yet i did expect you you may marvel at my instinct dmitri fyodorovitch but i was convinced all the morning that you would come that is certainly wonderful madam observed mitya sitting down limply but i have come to you on a matter of great importance on a matter of supreme importance for me that is madam for me alone and i hasten i know you've come on most important business dmitri fyodorovitch it's not a case of presentiment no reactionary harking back to the miraculous have you heard about father zasima this is a case of mathematics you couldn't help coming after all that has passed with katerina ivanovna you couldn't you couldn't that's a mathematical certainty the realism of actual life madam that's what it is but allow me to explain realism indeed dmitri fyodorovitch i'm all for realism now i've seen too much of miracles you've heard that father sasima is dead no madam it's the first i've heard of it mitya was a little surprised the image of alyosha rose to his mind last night and only imagine madam said mitya i can imagine nothing except that i'm in a desperate position and that if you don't help me everything will come to grief and i first of all excuse me for the triviality of the expression but i'm in a fever i know i know that you're in a fever you could hardly fail to be and whatever you may say to me i know beforehand i have long been thinking over your destiny dmitri fyodorovitch i am watching over it and studying it oh believe me i'm an experienced doctor of the soul dmitri fyodorovitch madam if you are an experienced doctor i'm certainly an experienced patient said mitya with an effort to be polite and i feel that if you are watching over my destiny in this way you will come to my help in my ruin and so 
allow me at least to explain to you the plan with which i have ventured to come to you and what i am hoping of you i have come madam don't explain it it's of secondary importance but as for help you're not the first i have helped dmitri fyodorovitch you have most likely heard of my cousin madame bermesov her husband was ruined had come to grief as you characteristically express it dmitri fyodorovitch i recommended him to take to horse breeding and now he's doing well have you any idea of horse breeding dmitri fyodorovitch not the faintest madame ah uh, madame not the faintest cried mitya in nervous impatience positively starting from his seat i simply implore you madame to listen to me only give me two minutes of free speech that i may just explain to you everything the whole plan with which i have come besides i am short of time i'm in a fearful hurry mitya cried hysterically feeling that she was just going to begin talking again and hoping to cut her short i have come in despair in the last gasp of despair to beg you to lend me the sum of three thousand alone but on safe most safe security madam with the most trustworthy guarantees only let me explain you must tell me all that afterwards afterwards madame holikoff with a gesture demanded silence in her turn and whatever you may tell me i know it all beforehand i've told you so already you ask for a certain sum for three thousand but i can give you more immeasurably more i will save you dmitri fyodorovitch but you must listen to me mitya started from his seat again madam will you really be so good he cried with strong feeling good god you've saved me you have saved a man from a violent death from a bullet my eternal gratitude i will give you more infinitely more than three thousand cried madame holikoff looking with a radiant smile at mitya's ecstasy infinitely but i don't need so much i only need that fatal three thousand and on my part i can give security for that sum with infinite gratitude and i propose a plan which enough dmitri fyodorovitch it's said and done madame holikoff cut him short with the modest triumph of beneficence i have promised to save you and i will save you i will save you as i did belmesov what do you think of the gold mines dmitri fyodorovitch of the gold mines madam i have never thought anything about them but i have thought of them for you thought of them over and over again i have been watching you for the last month i've watched you a hundred times as you've walked past saying to myself that's a man of energy who ought to be at the gold mines i've studied your gait and come to the conclusion that's a man who would find gold from my gait madam said mitya smiling yes from your gait you surely don't deny that character can be told from the gait dmitri fyodorovitch science supports the idea i'm all for science and realism now after all this business with father zassima which has so upset me from this very day i'm a realist and i want to devote myself to practical usefulness i'm cured 
enough as turgenev says but madam the three thousand you so generously promised to lend me it is yours dmitri fyodorovitch madame holikoff cut in at once the money is as good as in your pocket not three thousand but three million dmitri fyodorovitch in less than no time i'll make you a present of the idea you shall find gold mines make millions return and become a leading man and wake us up and lead us to better things are we to leave it all to the jews you will found institutions and enterprises of all sorts you will help the poor and they will bless you this is the age of railways dmitri fyodorovitch you'll become famous and indispensable to the department of finance which is so badly off at present the depreciation of the rouble keeps me awake at night dmitri fyodorovitch people don't know that side of me madam madam dmitri interrupted with an uneasy presentiment i shall indeed perhaps follow your advice your wise advice madam i shall perhaps set off to the gold mines i'll come and see you again about it many times indeed but now that three thousand you so generously oh that would set me free and if you could to-day you see i haven't a minute a minute to lose to-day enough dmitri fyodorovitch enough madame holikoff interrupted emphatically the question is will you go to the gold mines or not have you quite made up your mind answer yes or no i will go madam afterwards i'll go where you like but now wait cried madame holikoff and jumping up and running to a handsome bureau with numerous little drawers she began pulling out one drawer after another looking for something with desperate haste the three thousand thought mitya his heart almost stopping and at the instant without any papers or formalities that's doing things in gentlemanly style she's a splendid woman if only she didn't talk so much here cried madame holikoff running back joyfully to mitya here is what i was looking for it was a tiny silver icon on a cord such as is sometimes worn next the skin with a cross this is from kiev dmitri fyodorovitch she went on reverently from the relics of the holy martyr varvara let me put it on your neck myself and with it dedicate you to a new life to a new career and she actually put the cord round his neck and began arranging it in extreme embarrassment mitya bent down and helped her and at last he got it under his necktie and collar through his shirt to his chest now you can set off madame holikoff pronounced sitting down triumphantly in her place again madam i am so touched i don't know how to thank you indeed for such kindness but if only you knew how precious time is to me that sum of money for which i shall be indebted to your generosity oh madam since you are so kind so touchingly generous to me mitya exclaimed impulsively then let me reveal to you though of course you've known it a long time that i love somebody here i have been false to katya katerina ivanovna i should say 
oh i've behaved inhumanly dishonourably to her but i fell in love here with another woman a woman whom you madam perhaps despise for you know everything already but whom i cannot leave on any account and therefore that three thousand now leave everything dmitri fyodorovitch madame holokoff interrupted in the most decisive tone leave everything especially women gold mines are your goal and there's no place for women there afterwards when you come back rich and famous you will find the girl of your heart in the highest society that will be a modern girl a girl of education and advanced ideas by that time the dawning woman question will have gained ground and the new woman will have appeared madam that's not the point not at all mitya clasped his hands in entreaty yes it is dmitri fyodorovitch just what you need the very thing you're yearning for though you don't realize it yourself i am not at all opposed to the present woman movement dmitri fyodorovitch the development of woman and even the political emancipation of woman in the near future that's my ideal i've a daughter myself dmitri fyodorovitch people don't know that side of me i wrote a letter to the author shchedron on that subject he has taught me so much so much about the vocation of woman so last year i sent him an anonymous letter of two lines i kiss and embrace you my teacher for the modern woman persevere and i signed myself a mother i thought of signing myself a contemporary mother and hesitated but i stuck to the simple mother there's more moral beauty in that dmitri fyodorovitch and the word contemporary might have reminded him of the contemporary a painful recollection owing to the censorship good heavens what is the matter madam cried mitya jumping up at last clasping his hands before her in helpless entreaty you will make me weep if you delay what you have so generously oh do weep dmitri fyodorovitch do weep that's a noble feeling such a path lies open before you tears will ease your heart and later on you will return rejoicing you will hasten to me from siberia on purpose to share your joy with me but allow me too mitya cried suddenly for the last time i entreat you tell me can i have the sum you promised me to-day if not when may i come for it what sum dmitri fyodorovitch the three thousand you promised me that you so generously three thousand roubles oh no i haven't got three thousand madame holokoff announced with serene amazement mitya was stupefied why you said just now you said you said it was as good as in my hands oh no you misunderstood me dmitri fyodorovitch in that case you misunderstood me i was talking of the gold mines it's true i promised you more infinitely more than three thousand i remember it all now but i was referring to the gold mines but the money the three thousand mitya exclaimed awkwardly oh if you meant money i haven't any 
i haven't a penny dmitri fyodorovitch i'm quarrelling with my steward about it and i've just borrowed five hundred roubles from yusov myself no no i've no money and do you know dmitri fyodorovitch if i had i wouldn't give it to you in the first place i never lend money lending money means losing friends and i wouldn't give it to you particularly i wouldn't give it you because i like you and want to save you for all you need is the gold mines the gold mines the gold mines oh the devil roared mitya and with all his might brought his fist down on the table ay ay cried madame holikoff alarmed and she flew to the other end of the drawing-room mitya spat on the ground and strode rapidly out of the room out of the house into the street into the darkness he walked like one possessed and beating himself on the breast on the spot where he had struck himself two days previously before alyosha the last time he saw him in the dark on the road what those blows upon his breast signified on that spot and what he meant by it that was for the time a secret which was known to no one in the world and had not been told even to alyosha but that secret meant for him more than disgrace it meant ruin suicide so he had determined if he did not get hold of the three thousand that would pay his debt to katerina ivanovna and so remove from his breast from that spot on his breast the shame he carried upon it that weighed on his conscience all this will be fully explained to the reader later on but now that his last hope had vanished this man so strong in appearance burst out crying like a little child a few steps from the holokoff's house he walked on and not knowing what he was doing wiped away his tears with his fist in this way he reached the square and suddenly became aware that he had stumbled against something he heard a piercing wail from an old woman whom he had almost knocked down good lord you've nearly killed me why don't you look where you're going scapegrace why it's you cried mitya recognizing the old woman in the dark it was the old servant who waited on samsonov whom mitya had particularly noticed the day before and who are you my good sir said the old woman in quite a different voice i don't know you in the dark you live at kuzma kuzmitch's you're the servant there just so sir i was only running out to prohoritch's but i don't know you now tell me my good woman is agrafena alexandrovna there now said mitya beside himself with suspense i saw her to the house some time ago she has been there sir she stayed a little while and went off again what went away cried mitya when did she go why as soon as she came she only stayed a minute she only told kuzma kuzmitch a tale that made him laugh and then she ran away you're lying damn you roared mitya ay ay shrieked the old woman but mitya had vanished he ran with all his might to the house where grushenka lived at the moment he reached it grushenka was on her way to mokrow it was not more than a quarter of an hour after her departure fenya was sitting with her grandmother the old cook matryona 
in the kitchen when the captain ran in fenya uttered a piercing shriek on seeing him you scream roared mitya where is she but without giving the terror-stricken fenya time to utter a word he fell all of a heap at her feet fenya for christ's sake tell me where is she i don't know dmitri fyodorovitch my dear i don't know you may kill me but i can't tell you fenya swore and protested you went out with her yourself not long ago she came back indeed she didn't by god i swear she didn't come back you're lying shouted mitya from your terror i know where she is he rushed away fenya in her fright was glad she had got off so easily but she knew very well that it was only that he was in such haste or she might not have fared so well but as he ran he surprised both fenya and old matryona by an unexpected action on the table stood a brass mortar with a pestle in it a small brass pestle not much more than six inches long mitya already had opened the door with one hand when with the other he snatched up the pestle and thrust it in his side pocket oh lord he's going to murder someone cried fenya flinging up her hands end of section forty eight